this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Guys, let's be honest. We're all among friends. It can be awkward, even embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually brush it off or blame ourselves. But Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with zero shame. Look, here's the deal. How often do you use excuses like, I had a long day at work or... I'm just not feeling it. It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction. But Roman, Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. A healthy life includes a healthy sex life. But if you struggle with ED, you may not feel like your best self. You might not feel confident. You may not feel like you're in control. And so if you want help with erectile dysfunction, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need. Here's the deal. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. You don't have to wait in some weird waiting room. You don't have to talk to your doctor in person and be like, oh, uh, uh, none of that all discreet a healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan and if medication is appropriate Roman will ship you real medicine with free two day shipping yeah that's right the whole process is straightforward simple and discreet and getting started is so simple all you gotta do is go to 
GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today, connect with a doctor, and take care of it. Once again, all you got to do, go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and you get $15.15 off your first order of ED treatment. You get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M for $15 off your first order of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up the Same. I'm your host, Trevon Edwards, joined always by my co-host, Jay Skills, a.k.a. Jason Madison. What's going on, brother? What up, Trey? Happy New Year to you, bro. Happy New Year to you. And today we have a special guest. We have Chris Haynes. What's going on? Fam, what's up, man? Happy New Year to y'all, man. Happy holidays, man. Thanks for having me on. But I guess that means uh, by having me on, it means, man, everybody else must have turned y'all down. <laughs> not at all man we it's a pleasure to have you you know what i'm saying pull up with us you know we always like to talk to those that's knowledgeable knowledgeable about the game and uh you know just give a little background on on our folks no that's all good thanks for having me y'all uh chris haynes is a yahoo sports reporter as well as a tnt and nba sideline reporter chris this is the one of the two you ready all right i'm listening mac or pc mac Players as coaches or coaches as GMs? Players as coaches. Cavs LeBron or Lakers LeBron? Lakers LeBron only because I enjoy spending more time in L.A. than Cleveland. John Morant or Trey Young? Woo! John Morant's hurt right now, so I go with Trey Young. If he's not hurt. <laughs> Don't <laughs> <laughs> try to cop out. <laughs> Look, I, I gotta go with the 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 player who made an all star so far. Okay, but yeah, right. Alabama or Ohio State? Ohio State. Tyra Banks or Naomi Campbell? Tyra. Kareem or Shaq? I gotta see Shaq still. Shaq. <laughs> Sell an arena or save Mart Center? Sell an arena. Fashion Fair or Sierra Vista? Fashion Fair. Shaw Ave or Blackstone? Whoo! You know what? You don't want to be walking down Blackstone at certain points, certain times of the day, so I, I'll take my chances on Shaw. Fulton 55 or Bobby Salazar's? Ooh. See, man, y'all ask a question. These folks don't know nothing about me. They're going to learn today. Hey, these last three, four questions, folks like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Uh, I'm going with Fulton 55, man. I, I got to keep it. I got to keep it where, you know, keep it around where I, where I was raised at. Yeah, these are all. Fresno-related questions for the audience that doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. They, they, they had no clue. Trust me. Deshaun Stevenson or Quincy Pondexter? 
Um, you gotta you gotta go Deshaun. Out of high school, you know, you gotta go Deshaun. Yeah. I saw Quincy play. He was when he uh he was in high school, he played with the Lopez twins. Yep, high school, Memorial High School. Yeah. Um Luca or Jason Tatum. Hmm, I go with Luca. Paul George or Bradley Bill? That's a good one. Hmm. Damn, that's a good one. Damn. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I'm gonna go with Brad right now. Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton? Aaron Judge. Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins. Would you rather have your water shut off or your lights shut off? Cut my water off. Half baked or how high? Say, say half baked or how high? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go how high. Juice or above the rim? Above the rim. Bossip or the shade room? Mm. Shade room. Charlemagne the God or DJ Academics? I'm going to go with Charlemagne. Too short or E40? Damn. I'm going to go with 40 because we follow each other on social. Who would you say is more influential, Obama or Jay-Z? Obama. Not even close. Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell? <laughs> I'm going to go with Nancy. I had a couple winter, with Nancy. Oh, nice. Winter or summer Olympics? Summer Olympics. Westbrook on the Wizards or Wall on the Rockets? Wall on the Rockets. Podcast or broadcast TV? Broadcast TV. Pandemic or panoramic? Panoramic. Waiting in the line for food or waiting in traffic? Man, I'm impatient when it comes to waiting in line for traffic. Europe or Asia? Uh, Europe for sure. Zamunda or Wakanda? Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man, shout out coming to America too coming out uh this year. Can't wait to see that. Uh Damn. Take take me to Zamunda. <laughs> I like I like how I like how they take baths over there. Right. <laughs> uh being publicly acknowledged or privately acknowledged. I ain't gonna lie, publicly. <laughs> Writing a great article or doing a great interview? Mm. Um I'ma say doing a great interview, but uh, I mean, some would say writing a good article, but most of the times you you got to have a good interview to write a good article. But I, I go with writing a good article. Um, the great white hype or the longest yard? <laughs> 
Great white hype. Joanna man or the sixth man? Damn. <laughs> I go to six, man. Dame as a rapper or AI as a rapper? Dame. Hands down. And last one, Zoom or meeting in real life? Man, come on, man. Meeting <laughs> Zoom is whack, man. This is whack. As soon as this pandemic over, man, I don't want to see another Zoom session, you know, for a while. Real life. Yeah. That's the one or two, man. Man, that's what's up. <laughs> See, I I'm surprised he left out uh, Fresno Fresno State and uh and, and Fresno Pacific, but oh yeah, I, that was a <laughs> you would have put me in a you would have put me in a tough spot because I actually played at Fresno Pacific. I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I yeah. Fresno State. So, yeah, I don't know what I would have did then. Yeah. Hey, I, man. I, hey, Jay, what, what's what, what's his name? Jay Steele? That's what you call him, man? Jay Skills. Jay, Jay Skills. Jay Skills. My bad, man. Look, he 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 met, he missed mixing up his questions, man. Like, he was supposed to just stick to the question. What did I give him? I gave him an answer. Then he came back. What was it, man? You came back and tried to put me in a corner, man. <laughs> Which one was it? It was something, man. I, I answered your question. Oh, no. The John Morant Trey. I said, he said, no, nah, man, what if you, you can't be coming back making up questions, man. You got to stick yeah. to the script, dog. Hey, that's, that's one, that's one of the two, man. That's the fun. Man, okay, that's the fun man. of it. You know what I'm saying? He, he kill it every week. I'm telling you, hey, kill it every week. Deal. I see. I see. That's why they call him J skills. Yeah. All right, man. So we gonna we gonna go into a, a blast from the past. Let's talk about your, what was your first job? Ooh, my first job when I was in, in high school or like just in general. So my first job out of high school was um <clears throat> was at um Walgreens, but it was through a, a temp agency for um for youth. And it's funny, like in Fresno, it's called this, it's called the EOC program. And what that means is that's a program for for kids that's probably 14 to 17 where they can get summer jobs but it's only for kids who are you know low impoverished areas you know income income bracket up to par and i grew up with my mom and dad i think my dad made like forty thousand a year or something like that and that was deemed as too high so i never could get into the eoc program so i always get mad like all my friends got these summer jobs then they coming back to school with these nice kicks and and, you know, I mean, it's coming with these fits and I ain't coming, you know, I'm not coming right. I'm not coming up to par. And they, the, the, whatever the city officials deem us to be in good standings with my dad making 40,000 a year. And I'm like, shit, it ain't, it ain't showing off on my wardrobe. So it, I remember one year it was this program. I forgot. It was called Proteus or something like that, but they allowed for all kids. They only did it one year too. So they allowed for all, all kids 14, 17 to get in a, to get a job. And I did it one year. So they, they had me at Walgreens. I was just a stalker and, you know, and, you know, putting up things in the back. So nothing special. So that was really like my first job, 16 years old. So I ended up in Fresno a second time. I, I think I mentioned that I was supposed to go to Buchanan my sophomore year of high school. And that's in the Fresno. And it's, it was, it was new then. What, what year did Buchanan come around? Yeah, I mean, because this is 2001. Yeah, it, it was true. It was, I mean, it was around when I was in high school. Cause I graduated in 99. 
So it it was around. Uh, it, it it wasn't ten years old. Yeah, I, I knew it was fairly new. Um, I talked to the coach. He wanted me to come out and play VAR. And my grandma last minute said no. So I was kind of bummed about it because I uh, I wasn't playing that much at Dominguez. Yeah. So I wanted to start. I'm like, it's the only way I'm going to make it if, I'm, if I ain't starting by 10th grade. So was Tyson? Tyson was on that team then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was stacked. It was, it was just ridiculous <laughs> over there. Whole form system. So I didn't get a chance to go to Fresno then. But I would always go. When my uncles, they went to Fresno State and they were Kappas. So they were cool with Tremaine folks. They, they were at Fresno State during that time, you know. So we were, I would go all the time and just spend time. And then it got to a point where I got older, I caught the Greyhound. And shout out to the downtown Fresno Greyhound Station, yeah. right by, uh, right across the street from the Grizzly Stadium. They moved it now, though. I heard. They moved I, the, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it looks. Yeah, they moved okay. to the Amtrak Station now. But that was that was like my, you know, I pay a couple of dollars and I get on there and I'm in Fresno. So I, I went to um, Fresno State's uh, summer bridge program before I went went off to um, Texas Southern. And I'm there and I needed a job because I had no, I had no bread. Yeah. So the first job was Mervyn's yeah. on Blackstone. Blackstone. Yep. So I'm there and I'm like, me and my boys all get hired. This is actually the first time I met somebody from Oakland too. That's how I got tapped in with the whole Oakland shit. We go, we all get hired at the same time, but we were basically there only seasonal. And I didn't know that. So I started off in uh, lingerie. Then they moved me to sneakers, which I was selling sprockets and, and stuff like that. And then I was logistics at the end. And when they let us go, they paid us in hand. Hmm. They paid us in hand. They paid us and, and put the money. And I had cash. I remember I got like maybe like $75 for the last little check that I got. Okay. And it was so it was so crazy because, you know, like you said, walking down Blackstone sometimes. Yeah. It could be interesting. And if one day yeah. the homies didn't pick me up and I got approached <laughs> by the Bulldogs. Yeah, uh, for sure. And a lot of people don't know about Bulldogs. Bulldogs is uh, it's, it's a gang out there in Fresno. And I was like, yo, you got to be kidding me because I'm coming from Compton. I'm like looking not to the point of like why they got gangs out here, but just because it's gangs everywhere. But that was an eye opener for me. And yeah. I was just like, yo, yeah. but working at Mervyn's, that that was definitely an interesting experience because, you know, Fresno, I had two different jobs. I worked there and I worked at the um the fair. Oh, you worked at Fresno Fair? Huh? I worked at the fair. Yeah, I was a uh, custodian. Right. Yeah, I would clean up the uh, after the concert, so the country music concerts. It'd be so much beer. I didn't want to see another beer in my life, man. <laughs> I'm over there picking up trash, but we getting paid, we getting bread, but we yeah. working the whole little thing. So that I was never, definitely I never worked the fair. I always wanted to, man. I never. Did. Yeah, it was it was bread there, man. I think that was the first time I remember. I used to sneak off. I was supposed to be working. It was a guy that used to wear a headset. And he'd be making be blending smoothies. And I got cool with him. So every day I'd be like, yo, what's up? So he had to do like a little demonstration and give me a smoothie. And then I just slide. But I'd be out there talking to him like I was going to buy one. Never bought it. Just just pulled up <laughs> for the free smoothie. It was crazy. Hey, Trey, I, I, first of all, I, I ain't going to let you get away with it. I'm surprised you said somebody from the Bulldogs looked up on you because people don't know that's that's a Mexican gang we have in Fresno. Mm -hmm. Like, look it up. They've done documentaries on the Bulldogs. Uh, basically, they use the this game. They use the same logo as the Fresno State Bulldogs. Same, same thing and everything. But usually, you know, they don't. You know, Mexicans they don't mess with the brothers, and vice versa over there. So, was you um, 
dangling with, with with some of the Mexican honeys out there? Like, what, what were you doing? So I was there? at, so I was at, I was at City. I came back to play at City, okay. and uh, and during that time, you know, I was just all all over the place. You know what I mean? But it was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I was I was messing with some chicks out that way. You know what I mean? It was okay, it was uh, it was crazy, but uh, I don't I don't think they pressed me because of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. They just was on one that day, but it was uh, it was it was crazy because I was just like, yo, what? Are you kidding me right now? Like I'm in. I kept saying I'm in Fresno, but I also have yeah. been to your side, the West Side. West Side, yeah. And the West Side, real. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I I know the differential because you know I was staying sometimes with my cousin and my uncle over there on the borderline by Clovis. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying by Doghouse Grill. Yeah. So sometimes I'd be like, man, it's Fresno, but then you go to the West Side. You know, you might got a partner that. A barbershop that's dope or yeah. getting the culture, yeah. which you really you gotta, need. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go gotta there. on the West to get a haircut. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody, everybody, you you ain't gonna be getting your haircut in Clovis. Yeah. As you might as well go to um supercuts. Hey, I, I didn't um I never left the West. Like I did everything. Like it was funny, like I didn't see my first like outside of some of the teachers I had at my school, Edison High School, I didn't see my first white person until until i left like until i left and went to college but that was just so like a lot of people from the west man they like a lot of them lived there born there you know lived there and, and died there unfortunately and um i was thankful that i i got out and um yeah i didn't see you know i didn't see a lot of those things man you, you mentioned what people don't um know about the selling arena selling arena is an arena still there? It's in downtown Fresno. Downtown is right by, like right by the west side of Fresno. But our downtown is not like everybody else's downtown. Like you know, most cities like that's the main attraction, like that's the main venue. That's not our downtown. Maybe it was like that in the fifties or forties, but it's like run down. They're starting to try to rejuvenate it, trying to get money back down there. But um, the Selling Arena, that's where the Bulldogs will play in the Southern Arena downtown, and it was popping. It's, it looked like it held, like, 12, 14,000 fans, and it was just packed every single game. And we had – that's when we had Jerry Tarkanian. He was bringing all the McDonald's All-Americans over there. And, and then, um, you know, they sustained some success, and they built the Saymar Center out there by what you're talking about, Doghouse Grill out there on the borderline of Fresno and Clovis. And it hasn't had nowhere near the success of Southern Arena, even though they moved it. To a venue that was away from us people look like us and so uh that's that's one thing i, I did like about uh, um going out to say marcena they felt like everybody would you know come because it was a so-called safer neighborhood but they they haven't reached anywhere near the level of success they did when they was there they had the lakers play there a couple of times too the preseason lakers, games which yeah, lakers, kind of, yeah they used there. to come through and pull yeah. up Lakers, Bucks, Kings came. Yeah, no, nah, it was. Um, I won. I won a state championship at Fresno City at Selling. So that's the first time actually being there. I didn't play for Vance Wahlberg. I played for Ed Maddox. Maddox, yeah, Maddox, yeah. yeah. He's, he's actually going through some stuff right now. You're yep, right? yep. Okay. Talk to him. I talked to him on the phone. That's you yeah. know that's that's still one of my favorite coaches. Yeah. Of- I played. So we were um when I was at Fresno Pacific, we would scrimmage Fresno City, and uh, I think were you were you on that team when they had um. I was on o- I was on 0607. So you you had just missed me then because I was at Pacific 05 to 06 was my last year. And um they had um I think Gary Payton's nephew or cousin yep. on the team. 
Yeah. So that was the year before you then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you said you, you didn't see a white person, so was it just blacks and Hispanics? <clears throat> blacks, Mexicans, and, and Asians. Like That's, yeah, that's the one side. Because I went, I've been through Fresno a couple times, and one time I was going through there, and there was some Mexican concert, and they was all out there, and they cowboy hats, and they cowboy boots. It was like thousands of them like just waiting in line. I'm like, and it was for an artist I never even heard of. I'm like, wow, this is like kind of wild but you know i didn't know nothing about fresno the population or none of that one of my uh one of my good friends archie davis he from fresno i don't know if you know him he's like a, a music executive and okay name sound familiar yeah um him and his brothers his brother i guess was a dj out there uh, i think his name was bear but that was like his nickname um like a radio dj all right but um but yeah, now Fresno is an interesting place. Every time I roll through there, I'm like, man, what is, what is going on out here? What is the makeup? <laughs> uh, let me tell you about Fresno real quick. I know we ain't we ain't doing this to talk about Fresno, but it's like Fresno was tr- trending like two days ago on Twitter. I don't know if y'all seen that, but it was like a bunch of shit went down on the same day. Like it was a sh- oh, we talk about Fashion Fair Mall, which is like the most famous mall we have. The shooting there, right? Yeah. Yeah, the shooting inside the Fresno. Fresno. So my cousin, my cousin was supposed to go there that day, because when I was talking to him about Fresno, he was saying like, "Yeah, they were shooting in the, the mall." Shoot in the mall on a Saturday at four p.m. Like, come on, though. Like that's the that like that's the day and around the time where mostly everybody is there. Like, thankfully mm-hmm. it's a pandemic, so you probably don't have that much foot traction. But still, man. So it was that. It was like two other shootings or incidents that happened on the same on the same day, and it was trending nationally on Twitter. The thing about Fresno was this, man. It's so dangerous. Like we're I think it's like a small city complex because we're right in the middle between LA and the Bay, right? And so, you know, LA is where the gangs, everything started, right? And the Bay, they got their swag. Fresno, we have our swag, but you know, I don't think we had an established identity, whether that's music, whether that's culture or whatever. We just take a little bit of everything. We got some L.A. Uh, elements. We got Bay elements like we right there, like we, we blend it. But the thing is, I think when people come to Fresno, especially out of town, it's like we, we got to go a little bit extra. We got to do a little bit more. And so it's like we're always trying to prove that, you know, we're right there with L.A. We can hang with the Bay. And it's like, you know, it's just called a small city, small person inferiority complex where we just do extra. So that's why it's just so dangerous, man. It's like we just it's just like feel like we just got to let loose all the time, man. And and we're not that big. I mean, you know, we're big. I think we're in like the sixth or fifth biggest city. But, you know, it's still not that big in the grand scheme of, you know, real big time cities. And it's just a lot goes on, man. It's too much going on, man. So hopefully things calm down, but it's been like this for a while. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a talent perform at Rainbow Ballroom? Oh man. Cause I got one that's gonna that's gonna sh- make I'm Jason, make sure you clip this reaction. You are bringing me back. Let me see. I wanna say, is this the Rainbow Ballroom? Okay, I believe this was the Rainbow Ballroom. All right. Big Pun and Exhibit came. This before they got big. 
So they came and performed at the Rainbow Ballroom. Tickets were like 15 bucks. And um, I didn't know who none of them cats were. You know, I thought for the longest, I thought Exhibit was from the East Coast because he don't sound like a, a West Coast rapper, not, at least not to me. And then he's on the bill with Big Pun. And, and Fat Joe wasn't even rapping, really. It, I, I just remember like Big Pun. Uh, I remember. I just remember Fat Joe being like this hype man. So I didn't know he was a rapper, but yeah, that's the only one I could remember at the Rainbow Ballroom. Big pun and exhibit. And Jason's gonna react to this one too. So 2003, right before he died, I seen Mac Dre. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I seen him for twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Yeah. Who, and, uh, who was it? Just him? Who else? Nah, he had. Um, he had the. He had his. He had his crew. And I think Nicotina came out too. So it was it was one of them shows. But like I only I never knew who Mac Dre was. It just yeah. because my homies from North Oakland uh were on on that, like, yo, let's go. It was a it was a dude from North Oakland, it was a dude from West Oakland. And they like, bruh, you know, uh, you know, Al Boo Boo in town, he gonna perform. And I'm yeah. like, who? But I had been around them cats so much that like I learned the whole culture, the peacoats, the dreads, the scrapers with whistle pipes and, and all that i had never been to oakland before that so i got a chance to go to oakland too i got robbed for my uh my my, my uh kareem throwback on the bart is that right west oakland yep yeah because i was talking i was i was what's so that impressed about Trey? bro i mean <laughs> I, bro i didn't i didn't got i didn't got banged on so many hey, times bro hey i'm starting i'm starting to see a trend jay skill like hold on man like he just rolling up in city city, just getting rolled up on. <laughs> right, we gotta watch that from him. No, I'm saying like, man, you know, at certain at certain point, you gotta look within. But like, at that, it nah, it was, nah, it was definitely, it was definitely, it was yeah, definitely me because I, I I had that I had that 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 gangbanger look at the time, fresh oh. out of Compton. Like I didn't know how to carry myself the whole thing, so I'm sagging. I just had like I was just turned. You know what I'm saying? Like even when I came to Fresno, I was you know. I'm I'm from I'm I'm from a neighborhood in Compton that my, my dad started in uh, Elm Street Piru and I used to wear a red all the time. Now mm. obviously like it's not it's crazy, it's not as crazy as like that in Oakland or, or Fresno as much, but just even just my just whole just get down in my whole like you know what I mean? Like yeah, no, saying dog a lot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like Jason, he he from South Central, but I don't go over there. Uh-huh. Like that's I cause I know me how I talk. Yeah. Like everybody gonna be like, yo, what he say? And it may be the littlest thing that'll tip you off. And you like, dang, I didn't even really think about it. I did say that a lot. Versus you got some crips that just like me and Jason gonna be walking into the store and then you'll hear somebody say, cuh, man, cuh. I, you know, it just get loud and you like, dang, why are you going hard like that? I didn't even do that. And then, you know, it just get into the extras. That kid, uh, Xavier TV on Instagram does a good representation of how LA normally goes down because you can go to the chicken spot and get banged. I got banged on ordering some um lemon pepper um wings. Yeah, he said but- he, he banged on me thought I was from Kitchen Crib. Because I had a <laughs> I had a Casey Royal hat on though and, and yeah. the hats are and hats are big in LA oh, like sure. you know sure. and I'm just like bro I just I seen game wearing this on you know the um yeah. TP3 Reloaded. We ain't gonna that say R- we ain't gonna say R. Yeah. R. Kelly late but yeah no you can't you can't do that <laughs> right yeah but uh, yeah, dog, it was it was it was a different time. I, you know, like I said, I'm 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 a nice guy. 
I you caught yourself a well now, man. You, you doing? You, no, you a corporate man now. So hey, you know, I I caught a couple of fades in back in the day. Now I just yeah, get threatened man. on Twitter. <laughs> but oh, that, no. that, that comes with it, man. But I have to say about like the Bay Area, like I'm gonna be real, like there. You know, you talk about the cars, what they did with the cars, and you know, I, I enjoy. It. Let me bring this up. I enjoy the 240, um, 240s, <laughs> E40, two short uh, versus a couple weeks back. A lot of people wasn't feeling it. And I get it. The Bay Area, you know, you kind of, you got to kind of be there to kind of get them, get their vibe. But I didn't get the Bay, like really though. Aside from like, like the game, like that mouthpiece, I got an uncle from the Bay and he just like, he just got game. Like everything he says, is like, damn, like you yeah. put that together. You got know? isms. Like, isms yeah, is strong. Exactly. So I, I, I liked it for that. Their swag, their style, but their music, I never felt. Really? I'm, sh- I'm shocked. I'm shocked you coming out of Fresno because I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why, Black Trey. I grew up listening to NWA, listening to Dr. Dre. Like, so I'm you strong. So you more strong West Coast, but West Coast LA. West Coast LA. And, and the re- yeah. The reason why, man, it's like I don't care. Like hip hop was formed in in the East Coast, but I don't care what nobody putting the quality of music and the beats and the sounds like when Dre started. Yeah. And so when you grow up listening to Dre's music and then you got people mimicking him, Battle Cat, um, you know, Warren G, Daz, um, DJ Quick, like listen to those beats and those sounds. And Jay like, Skills. He's Jay, a producer too. Jay Skills do that too. I got I got to check hey, it out. Jay you done heard, listen, that's the crazy thing about it. If you listen to Dom Kennedy, you heard Jay Skills production. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. right. hold you to that. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna text y'all. And I'm gonna be yeah. real. I'm gonna keep it 100. But <laughs> no, the Bay no. didn't have. The Bay didn't have like I couldn't get into their sounds, man. And mm-hmm. and it, it didn't sound like th- their sound didn't sound finished. If you know what I mean. When right. I I listen to that LA music, I listen to a complete like Dre is just above his time. Yeah, he's so a real I, producer. Yeah, it's a real producer. Yeah. And the Bay is like, yeah, they got that game. They putting that game on it, but I couldn't get past the sound. I'm like, the yeah, sound the music, is like sound. you said, the music didn't sound complete. No, it didn't sound complete, man. But the so only I, thing I, I would say was like, Too Short had a couple because my dad loved Too Short, you know, like, and that's kind of what I grew up on. In addition to all the LA music, mm-hmm. like he had a couple because he sampled that sounded complete because of the samples. Yeah. The music was already there. So it was like certain songs like I'm a player or getting it that mm-hmm. I like grew up on where it was like, I feel you because it took a minute for me to kind of get into E-40. Like I didn't really get into him that much until I got older Then I had to go back. But I like, like you said, I was all, I was always a fan of him because of the way he talked yeah. and his name and how he yeah. talked. But I didn't love his music that much. But I like Too Short because he had the old school sound where the beats was rattling the trunk and it had a very like 80s 70s type of feel to the music and then he was still spitting game you know yeah and even even mac dre's song you know get stupid you know that's that's a very la sounding song you know that 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 beat yeah for sure you know and so uh but yeah it took me as i got older like to start appreciating different sounds and um because if you look at the bay like they don't really have and it's not to disrespect the bay but they don't have a dominant producer. 
Like there's not a, a household. You know, you know who's from, you know who, who's from the Bay, but like they don't really claim him like that. Zaytoven. Zaytoven. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, Rick Rock had some beats in the 2000s when the hyphy movement was moving, and he produced a lot on um, Jay Z's The Dynasty album. Um, he was he was like one of their. No clue. Yeah. Yeah. Look up Rick Rock. There was actually a couple, not the Rick Rock from the Shaggy song, but the Rick Rock. That yeah. was a producer. That's uh, they were kind of popping at the same time. And I, this is like when I was really heavily into looking at the credits on every hip hop album that came out. Like he produced, like, I think, three or four tracks on the Dynasty. But he also was producing for E-40 and a bunch of cats in the Bay, like really heavy. Wow. I remember, um, well, last year I watched, I'm pretty sure y'all both saw it. What was the, the Evolution of Hip Hop documentary? Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. Man. I was that putting so many people on that. Oh, that was thoroughly done, man. I, I was impressed with just his range and getting everybody. Like, he got a lot of big names mm-hmm. to participate in that documentary. And then it was just like, that was the true, like, I don't think there's a thorough book that's even more thorough than that. And you know, I learned so much on, on that, but you know, just listening to the sounds and, and what you what you guys said, I didn't know, like I had no clue. They just grabbing records and sampling stuff all back in the day with no permission, just like going yeah. like, go like yeah, like until the 90s, and, and you know what I'm saying, when it became all the money was being made, basically when Puff started making millions and millions and making these songs number one hits, did all these people start coming after the hip hop producers because DJ Premier and all of them in the eighties and the early nineties, shit, niggas was sampling everything. Think about yeah. even like human nature and, and not sampling that for it. Ain't hard to tell. Like all yeah. these, they get Michael Jackson. What? Like yeah. <laughs> all these crazy songs yeah. that shit ain't happening no more. I had no clue dog. I was like, Oh, that's what they were doing. Going to a record store and just, Picking out a bunch of stuff and just that's brilliance, man. That's the hustle, man. Dude, that's but that's us, man. That's our people, man. We so creative, man. Like we always doing something, man, with, with nothing. Facts. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, man, that, that shit's dope. So while we're still here on music, uh you told me that you played drums for your church. Yeah. How was that? So I first, you know, it's funny. I was, I was asked, you 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 told me like. You're going to name, I got to name three hobbies. So I was thinking, so I asked my mom, call mom. Like the drums were my first one. Cause I, I don't think a lot of people know that. But uh, man, I was like out the womb, man. I was on drums and we went to church, you know, all the time, like four, five times a week. And so I would be like three, four, sitting on the floor doing church. And if it, you know, no matter who was in front of me, I'll get on the floor and I'll just start, I have my own sticks. I'll start banging on somebody's knees and their foot. So I'm, you know, I'm acting like somebody's foot is the snare and the knees are the cymbal. So I was doing that all the time in church. And then, um, you know, it got, I think I was six or seven, maybe, when I first, you know, took over for our church to be, to be the drummer. So, man, drums is my life. Music is my love, man. Like, people, people thought, like, I, I was playing around like I did a little, you know, start doing some little making some rap songs um, this, in the, during the pandemic. I was just bored as hell. because I didn't have anything to do. But music is in my blood. My mom was the um, choir director and she's the she played the piano. She taught herself how to play piano. Uh, so music is in my family. Uh, I got singers. My grandma was a, a opera type gospel singer. 
And so that's just, that's in my blood. And so, uh, you know, I, I played the drums for my church, two, two churches that I went to growing up, up until I was 16. And I pretty much stopped going to church because I was like, man, I've been going to church my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, because back then, I don't know if you are, you know, if you're a church goer back then, you went to church, like I said, four or five times a week. Bro, you know I went that? to private school, right? I went to private school in Compton. I had to wear a shirt and tie. We'd go to chapel every day. Damn, see? So I was, you know, even, but the only reason why I was going on Sundays too was because the homies was going there and he had a church basketball team. Gotcha. And girls there and it oh, got okay. me. So like how yeah. you said, when you got 16, when I got to the ninth grade and I graduated from the school because it was K through eight, uh -huh. I had been there since preschool. And when I got to ninth grade at Dominguez, oh, I lost my mind because I, bro, every time at school, I thought I was going to go to hell. Yeah. Everything I did, everything I did, any thought, anything. <laughs> I remember I had the homie, the homie grown now, so I guess I could tell his story. But we were in seventh grade and we got lockers because it was a small school. I probably had like 12, 12 people in our class. He opens up the locker. This dude done took his dad's Playboy collection oh. and brought it to a private school, bro. I had never seen a naked woman before. He brought Latoya Jackson's Playboy up, like, and we looking. He like, come here, come here, come here. I look, bro. I almost fell out like feverishly because I had never yeah. seen nothing like that. Yeah, like, man. Oh, you know, talking about dog. I went, like I said, I went to church four or five days a week. Uh, you know, you got Tuesday Bible study. You got Wednesday uh, choir rehearsal. Friday you got something going on. And Sundays back then when you went to church, you had morning and night service. On Sunday, they don't do that anymore, and so I'm, thank I just, God. No, I got time. And to your point, Trey, like back in the '80s, because that's my youth. You know, I'm born like '81, so in the '80s, man, like they were trying to scare your ass into like going to church and living right. And so, like when we have like these children classes, they would play movies of the Rapture, Left, and it was, left Behind. Left behind, man. <laughs> left behind. Jason, you seen Left Behind? Oh, of course. Oh, <laughs> no. there's no, one thing. Bro, that, there's that. one scene on that where it's this kid, like that, like the rapture came, and the people that were left on this earth, they had to decide. They had to decide if they were gonna get this mark. The mark of head. the beast. The mark of the beast. If you got that mark, you were destined for hell. But if you're not, and so this kid. Chose not to, like the parents told this little kid, like had to be like six years old, like we're not putting this. Don't let them put this mark on you. And if you didn't put this mark on you, they were, they were letting you, you know, you was going. Yeah, you vanished basically. And I was like, damn. I used to always think like, damn, I got to resort to that. You know what I mean? Like going. So they, like in church, they would just scare you, try to scare you. I mean, not scare you. I mean, I don't know if it, that stuff would happen, or not, but. It was just like I think now churches no, are more. They were scary. They did a good job. Yeah, I was I was scared straight Christian style. That's what I don't like about today and all of that. Like everybody, you know, is entitled to their opinion and their religion or what have you. I grew up in church the same as everybody else, but it's so many people that's like, oh, the end is coming anyway. So you know what I'm saying, like. And people behave like that. And it's like, whoa, hold on. Like, yeah. what about the kids? Like, oh, I was brainwashed, bro, by 12, bro. I didn't accept no other. I remember my uncle's closest friend was Muslim. And I was like, 
told him straight up, like, yo, you're going to hell. <laughs> like, you're going to hell. You don't believe in the son, the father, and the Holy Ghost. Bro, I used to be doing that. Like, like, oh, you're not Christian? Right, we can't yeah. be friends no more. Hey. I remember um, being scared straight, bro. Remember the YouTube era where they were saying Jay-Z worshiped the devil? Yeah. A certain artists, uh, the Illuminati, when it went yeah. to the Illuminati. I was scared, bro. Like I deleted all whole music. I deleted Tyler the Creator, bro. Every possible thing that everybody don't right. hope. I was. Right. It was my homie from San Jose that showed me them videos. We were binging that shit for like three days. I'm like, yeah. my whole my whole life a lie. <laughs> like I was just losing it, bro. Oh, Yo, man. so you told me about a job you had as a kid. Even Jason raised his eyebrow on this one. <laughs> and he sent me he sent me this, and I sent him a gift like. What? So <laughs> tell, tell us about being an unofficial restroom inspector. This nuts, by the way. Oh man, y'all had to go in that one, huh, man. I thought we, I thought you go clear from that. Nah, I, uh, I'm a weird dude, man. Still a weird cat, man. But for some reason, when I was a kid, like whatever restaurant we would eat at a lot. And uh, whatever restaurant we would go to, I had to go to the restroom before I sat down. Like, I had to inspect the restroom. It was like, if the restroom, it's like the restroom told me how the food was going to be. So if I went to the restroom and it was dirty and, you know, whatever, and then I just didn't feel good about the food. So the food might have been good, but it's just like... I. You didn't clean your restroom, so this food ain't good. And so if I went in that restroom and it was a nice, clean restroom, you know, the the, the tissue is, is just up there neat, nice and neat. Uh, so for some, some I, lo I love blue water in, in the toilets. Like, I love when they just put those blue things. If you had the blue water, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm going to have a good meal, man. But I, I was a kid. I always had to go check the bathroom. I had to. Man, I, I feel you. I mean, that's that's smart, but you probably uh, eliminated a lot of, you know. Oh, I did. Hole in the walls. Because, you know, <laughs> hey, because, you know, there's some mom and pops that's fire that look like bullshit. Oh, I'm going yeah. to send you this viral clip. You're going to be dying, Chris. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, don't go in the Roscoe's restroom, especially in the 90s. <laughs> that shit was janky as hell. <laughs> For real. <laughs> hey, I tell my, and it's funny, man, like, you know, the way I was raised and, you know, now I got kids and they weren't raised how I was raised. And so we go to like, I always, man, I've always been down for my people, man. No matter where I go, I support my people, black owned. I've been on black owned before black owned was popping. And so it's funny, we'll be in different cities, different, whatever, wherever we're at. And I say, man, we got we to gotta go to soul food joint. We got to go to barbecue joint, soul food joint. Like, let's find someplace. And so I would find someplace, you know, on Yelp or whatever. And I'll say, we're going there. And so my daughters, they'll look, they was like, hold on. But the, the they said the reviews say bad service and all. I'm like, right. hold on, man. You don't look at no damn reviews for no black owned restaurants. You know what I mean? Like you, you, the attitude is going to come with it. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, terrible service may come with it. It's right. about the food. You know what I mean? Like there, there's, you know, comedians do those jokes all the time about, you know, going to black restaurants, you know what I mean? Like, like they, they act like they don't even want you in there. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's our culture, man. For some, for some reason, we don't have good customer service, you know what I mean? But it's about the food. 
So hey, I said, Chris, I got a new hobby for you, bro. What's that, man? Start, start yelping the bathrooms. <laughs> That's genius. Hey, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's so much of a, uh, I don't know if there's so much a desire for that, but you know, I, I don't know the demand, man. You know, hey, I, man, there's listen, there's so many weird things that people are. <laughs> you might be on, you might have a whole app behind that. Yeah. You know hey, I, mean? I don't do that now, man. I, so I don't <laughs> go to the restaurant. <laughs> hey, man. I whatever, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Hey, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that, was, that was a kid, man. So let me ask you this Who's been your favorite person to interview and, and why? Um, favorite person interviewing why? It, it's probably go outside of sports, and it goes yeah. back to my music, LA music, Ice Cube, interviewing Ice Cube. Um, you know, I was such a big Death Row fan, you know, mm-hmm. coming up, and you know, you look at the just look at that tree, the NWA tree, and just the talent it produced from producers to to rappers, and and um. You know, I was just, I man, I just love all that stuff, man. You talk about Q, Dre, Warren G, Snoop, Nate Dogg's my favorite singer. Um, people don't give him credit. Hey, Trey, you y'all grew up in a church background, so y'all would know, like Nate Dogg, like that's a church voice. Oh, absolutely, that's a church sound. And people don't know, like there's certain. I, I do believe that there are certain um, sounds or a certain type of music that touches you in your soul because you could say like man that's a soulful he has a soulful sound nate mm-hmm. dog had that he was just one of the first to incorporate that street shit into that soulful yeah. gospel you know sound that he had i love nate dog so i love corrupt dads it, you know every everything that came in that area so to interview ice cube and i always used to wonder when i was a kid i was like damn it'd be tight if ice cube went to death row you know what i mean just just right. to get to ask him questions that you know, I, I look at all these interviews that, that, that people do that they've done before. And it was just always questions that I want to know, you know, so to ask him questions about, hey, did you ever think about going to death row? And, you know, you and Mac 10 going to death row, that would have been, he was like, no, nah, I wouldn't. He was like, I wasn't fucking with you. <laughs> like, like, you know? And so, uh, you know, cute, man, just to ask him all these type of questions. I asked him about Friday. And he told me that initially, which blew my mind, he told me. The role of Smokey was supposed to be um, DJ um, D- DJ Pooh. DJ Pooh mm-hmm. supposed to be DJ Pooh. I had no clue. I was like, "Wow!" Didn't Pooh write it too? Who wrote it? it? Yeah, yeah. That those two wrote together. Yeah. And I, I had no clue. And so I just wanted to ask him, like, you know, you 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 a kid again, man. You want to you want you want answers to questions you had growing up. And so interviewing Q was, man, I I was. That's probably my my favorite favorite interview. That's dope. Yeah, Friday is like my one B to my favorite film of all time. Malcolm X and Friday are my two favorite movies of all time in the genre. We got we we gotta get you a spinoff pod where you do an oral history of Malcolm X movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I always figure out a way to bring it up. <laughs> it's uh it's an important film. Everybody should watch it. Oh, <laughs> Uh, hey, my last question. While we on this, real quick, y'all need to watch. It comes out January fifteenth. It's called. It's called One Night in Miami. Regina King. Oh yeah, for Regina sure. King, her first time directing the movie, and so we got to watch it in the bubble. She gave it to us like three months. It gave us a day to watch it. Oh man, it's so powerful. It's about 
Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, and Malcolm and Malcolm X just one night. And I go tell you know script, but it's very impactful. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see what y'all think about it when it comes out. Yeah, I was supposed to watch that early. I actually uh, am uh, close to the the production a little bit, but yeah, Is that right. Yeah. Um, so my last question for you is. What's a piece, you know, being in, involved in the NBA and sports journalism, everything is about scoops and who knows what, when. What's a piece of information that you had first or that you knew before the public knew and that you couldn't release at the time that you were like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a good question. It, it happens. It happens a lot. Um, yeah. Damn, I'm just trying to think of one right now. Um you know, it, it, there will there will be like, you know, say uh, free agent signings or something like that. Mm-hmm. Free agent signings, like it just depends on the connection you have. Like, so say, say there's a trade coming up or a free agent signing coming up. Now there are probably I'm just give an example. There can be like three people who have direct knowledge of what's going on, and so I may have a tight connect with one of them. Right. And this one is telling me, give them 15 minutes. Like, wait, let's just let us iron some things out. Right now, somebody else may have that second connect, mm-hmm. and they may say, like, release it tomorrow morning. Now, somebody else may have that third connect, and he would say, go now. Right, and, and that that fuck it all up. Obviously, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. And so, um, the, it, it's it, man. I'm trying to think on top of my head. I, I can't think of one, but. It happens a lot, and that's yeah. that's just that's just part of it. Like you have to, um, knowing that there's other people that know, maybe a few, but that it may be one more or two more. But those could obviously mess up you getting a scoop. But you still have to maintain that relationship with the one you have because right. obviously y'all been through this before, and uh, you, you got to stay solid regardless. And, um, you know, it, it'll be some times where I'm like, look, man, you know, it's going to leak out, blah, blah, blah. Let me get it. You know, sometimes it'll let me go. Yeah, go ahead and go. Yeah. Other times I, I got to connect. I got to protect the guy or, or girl who I'm working with to get this scoop. And so, you right. know, a lot of times it happens. And that's just that's just part of the game. Hey, how hard is it to, to, to sit on that stuff sometimes? You ruined you ruin my summer one time the, uh, for the Kawhi break because I was out to dinner. And when you, everybody was waiting by their phone. Yeah. And when you broke that, it was just like, bruh, like, I got to go. I got to go. Like, here's the money. I got to go because <laughs> we got to. Bro, it was literally like when it rolled out, I, I yelled out at the dinner table. I said, Kawhi going to be a clipper. And then like a few minutes later, oh, they just got PG too. Yeah. <sighs> bruh, yeah. like. Yeah. That was one of those pins and needles type thing because everybody, it was so crazy because people in Canada was following him yeah. and know what he was going to do. It was just intense, but working in the sport. And like, I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because a lot of people be like, oh, such and such said it first or the source is that. They don't know that, you know, they, they think it's a game of like, who said it first, like just tweeting it. If you yeah. came, if you ain't got no bars and you can't write after that. Yeah. It's pointless of the source because everybody don't get paid for just having a lead on that. You can be like, all right, it was the first person or this person was comfortable with telling me. Yeah. But it's so much stuff that falls on, on faint ear that I'm like, 
I'm not going to, it's not worth risking the relationship to say early, to be yeah. like, this about to go down in three days. And we all sitting there and we all know, you know what I'm saying? We all know, but we just be waiting because especially if you work for somebody, a lot of people who listening don't know that we got to report to somebody mm-hmm. first to even get approval to even run, run that. For sure. You know what I'm saying? It don't just be like, ah, such a, you know, you know, uh, Harden about to go to such and such. You yeah. can't just tweet that without the permission. You know what I'm saying? I, I, uh, I'm going to say this about my brother. So I, my brother's trying to get in the game, Mark Hayes. And, uh, you know, he's doing this thing, more props to him. Um, and I, I had to like, he was telling me about like this breaking news game. And, you know, he's developed a, a few sources and he'll hit me up like, should I run with this? I'm like, and I tell him like, nah, like, nah, I don't do that. Like, you, you can just tell when you're being used. But the point I'm making is that, you know, there's there's some writers, reporters out there where they know they're not going to get the scoop on this. So what they try to do is put out stuff like such for the a reaction. Such, yeah. Yeah. They're like, he may be leaning here. Or there were reports that Kawhi was going to the Lakers, right? And so I knew that was wrong. Like, I knew that was wrong. But I'm not in the business to, like, debunk somebody else. Like, that's not – I'm in the business. I'm, I want to break it, period. I, le- I learned so, that I learned that early, too, by the way, because I was coming from a blind perspective. So I'd be like, I shoot – because I'd be with a person. So I'm like, I'm about to shoot this shit down live <laughs> on Twitter. And niggas like, yo, 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 yo. You cannot do that. Hey, Don't attack somebody's work, bro. Yeah. I did it. I learned my lesson. Hey, sometimes it depends. Like I've been in situations. Sometimes you, you got to like if that's your man's, and he's telling you like, dog, this is wrong. That's your man's, Trey. Like you may have to like, you know, you ain't got to call. Like I see writers doing it recklessly. Like you know, we we, we all this is still a fraternity, and you never know who you need in this business. And so there's a way of debunking something without going straight and attacking that writer who put it out. But I, I say that to say this is that a lot of people put out these leads, such and such is leaning here, such and such might go, or he's thinking this. They're doing that to stay active in that, you know, just in the developments of those things. And I'm not in the mood. Like, there are times to report that, like if it's real, like if a player is meeting with such and such in that team and that team, those are valid reports. But all the other stuff is just, you know, people just trying to stay within the developments. I want to break it. That's it. That, that's what I want to do. And so, uh, you know, that Kawhi one, that, that was big. I was in Vegas at the time, Summer League, you know, at the time when that happened. So uh, it messed up my night initially because I had to ride after that. But, shoot, I was able to get in and out. But that's the, that's the breaking news game, man. It's it's uh, it's cutthroat. Don't don't get me wrong, man. Like, I just – You got to be a shark. Hey, you you got to be a shark. You got to be a shark because I and see – we be seeing each other eight games and we'll chat for a little bit, but we mainly there for work. No, it's for like sure. – Hey, I gotta go. I try. Hey, I gotta get those little. I'm gonna holler at you later because I only got two minutes to talk to LeBron. I only got two minutes to talk to such and such. And you be like, like especially Staples, it be 120 uh, journalists trying to get one quote, one question. Yeah, it be nuts, bro. Everybody, everybody ain't cut out for it. But uh, you know, like I, I find like this, man. Where we come from, like we, we had to do this shit, like. Bro, I get to go to games for free. Oh, on, <laughs> just be chilling. Yeah, come on, dog. Just talking to players. I think, oh, that's a good question. I hope I, I wish Jason would ask this one. I should have just gave it to him. 
Which player did you get starstruck on? Wade. 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 For me, Wade. it was D Rose. I was mad. I was mad as hell. I slipped up. I was mad because I'm I'm like, bro, I'd have covered like at this point. I'm like, and this was last year against the Suns. Yeah. I said, oh bro, hey, you up. And I was like, I had to catch myself, I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> chill, 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 chill. I'm like, yo, this is D Rose, uh, Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't um it was my first year. I wasn't officially like my first year I worked for free. It was like for Slam magazine. So I wasn't getting paid anything, but this is my first year like being credentialed. And Wade was my favorite player. Like Wade was my favorite basketball player. I thought Wade was the second best. I thought at one point he was better than Kobe. You know, I think he had some years where, he, you know, you can you can make that case. But Wade, I remember when they, I was in Portland and um, my, that was Miami when they came down. And you know, you ain't supposed to be doing, I was getting these pictures and stuff from players, man. I was like, I ain't passing this up. Like, I'm, I'm asking Wade, Wade. So you got a pick? I got to pick away. Oh, you sick. <laughs> hey, you sick. Because people ask me that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, they go to my Instagram. They're like, yo, why don't you have no pictures with the light? Yeah. I'm like, bro, we can't take no pictures. No, nah, <laughs> you ain't supposed to be doing that. But I was new. Like, I'm new to it. You know what I mean? I knew I wasn't supposed to. But I'm new. Like, I'm new. for. I ain't getting paid for this right now, man. I'm going to go ask Wade. You know, I got a picture of Wade in, Brian. And now the pictures now, you know, now yeah. get them in action. You know I mean? They see you talking, somebody else take a picture of y'all talking, you know, stuff like that. But now that was the first, you know, that was the first, you know, and only, yeah, first and only time. I hey, you, you a sharp dude, man. You be having the custom suits and I ain't got there yet. I wore a dicky suit to the NBA finals one year. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I wore a dicky suit. That shit was so funny because everybody was looking like, yo, who, hey. who was that? You gotta do you, dog. No, I don't be caring because I'll be I represent the culture first. Oh, I'm, sure. I ain't, you know, I, I'm glad. Like I said, I respect everybody that's in this game. I respect everybody's hustle. They'll know. They know when I'm when we in the media room and we chat. They respect me as well. But I ain't put on no suit unless I really, really had to, bro. I'll be in there just chilling, <laughs> just chilling. And it'd be so crazy because everybody in the locker room will start talking. They yeah. be thinking I'm somebody that paid extra money to come in and talk to the players. Yeah, after the game, yeah. They be like, bro, who is that, bro? Oh, I don't I do. even know him. Do you, man. All right, we got one last question. What advice would you give 18-year-old Chris? My 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 advice will I give 18-year-old I'll say this. So let me just start off with a little story real quick. Real quick story. Is Like I said, all I knew was the west side of Fresno. And when it was time for us to graduate and people were going to these HBCUs, I was like, why y'all leaving? They was like, I'm like, everything we need is here. Like, I've never, like I said, I never didn't, I never was exposed because, you know, I had a, I had a dad, love my dad, took care of us, but he worked crazy hours my whole lot, my whole upbringing. So I didn't have much time to spend with him. So most of the men I looked up to was my uncle, who was a pimp, uh, my cousins, who were Crips. Like, those were my role models. And so, like, I seen how they had money. You know what I mean? I just see how they always had money, and they were successful, had cars. And so that was just, that was my outlook. That was it. And so I wasn't exposed. And I'm, I'm going to say this real quick. So in elementary school, in elementary school, um, there was a gate class. The gate classes for cl students who, had high grades and I got straight F's all through elementary and I was dealing with other shit. But 
this class would go to Washington, D.C. every year. And I wanted to go. I thought that was so cool. Like, they're going all the way to Washington, D.C. to see the president, whatever. But they would do these classes every year, but it was only for the gate classes. And I, I always felt like, even to this day, like, why is that opportunity only for the kids who have high grades? Like, that should be presented or, you know, be open to anybody. Because if I had that chance at an early age to be exposed to go to Washington, D.C., to see Black people in a different way. Because the Black people I've seen, I told you, that's the way I've seen them. Like, drug dealers and gangs and doing all this shit. Like, those, that was my view. So if I was able to be exposed earlier, I would have I would have got quicker on what I was supposed to be doing in life, man. Period. And so that's the the advice I would give my younger self is that uh, get exposed. Like there's more out there than Fresno. You know, get out there and, and see things, man. I remember when I went to Atlanta for the first time. My first time traveling was when I was 29, 30. You know, when I went to Atlanta, I saw dudes, black dudes, man walking downtown with suits on with brief briefcases i'm like what and they going to court and they're not on trial they're the ones that's the attorneys and judges that tripped me out i was like what the oh one more thing trey have you been to nabj convention yet i have not heard it be popping all right let me tell you about this trey this is the other thing trey sorry to be long-winded but i, I just want to put as much game as possible my first time going to NABJ was 2011. It was in Philadelphia. Mark Spears, undefeated, told me to go. And at this time, um, this is my first year, remember, working for free. And so I'm 28, 29 at this time. And I go to NABJ. And this is convention that's 4,000 deep with every journalist that you can think of of color in the United States, from radio, from producer to editor, from TV, from just whatever, weather, weather people, everybody's there. And I'm seeing 23-year-old kids working for ESPN, suited and booted, 23. I never thought that somebody would, can actually go to college and finish in four years. You know what I mean? Like, the people I hung with, you dabbled in college. I did that. Go for a year, leave, stay out for a year and a half, go. Like, I didn't graduate from college till I was 26, 27. You know what I mean? So to see actual black folks who went to college and finished in four years and went straight into their careers. And here I am, 26, 27, with a family, married with kids and working for free. And I'm a security guard at night just to make ends meet. And I'm looking at what the fuck did I do all of my 20s? Like, I wasn't exposed. I didn't know this shit actually existed. I didn't know there actually is Cosby families out there where kids and their grandparents and their parents actually went to college. Like, that shit blew my mind. So I left NABJ 2011 just, I was sad and depressed because I felt like I wasted a lot of my 20s. But I was hungry. I was hungry. I saw Jamil Hill, Bo Mani, Michael Smith at the time who were at the height of their careers. And they're a year or two years old, uh, older than me. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, damn. So in order to get where they at, they had to have started when they were like 23. 
because they're young right now and at the height. And so I was determined to just get out of NABJ convention, go back to Portland and kill and dominate because I felt like I had so much ground to make up. And I felt like I did that. So my 18-year-old self would, I mean, I would tell my 18-year-old self, like, expose yourself, get out of your little short circle, your bubble, see what else is out there. Cause that's only, that's the only way that's going to help you uh, to achieve more. And you set your family up, your next generation up for success. So that's what I would say. Man, your story is, is definitely inspiring. You know, I always holler at you on Facebook cause that's a little bit more closer line. So you get to yeah. see stuff firsthand, but uh, you know, I wanted to give you your flowers and tell you thank you because you opened the door for me as well. You know what I'm saying? Because you normally don't have a journalism background or you just grinding and doing something on the side. I was a school teacher for six years. You know what I'm saying? And and now to make that leap fully and, and be respected in the game and it ain't easy for everybody. It's, it's a shark world. You either survive, you sink or swim, you know, and, uh, you know, you continue to, you know, break barriers and continue to climb your career is just only motivating for the people that's just getting started. So I appreciate you, Chris. I appreciate that, dog, man. And one thing I like about you, man, you be yourself, man. I oh, I can't. You. I can't. Listen, I, I first of all, bro. Jason would text me, bro, and be like, look, you, 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 they ain't you, bro. Come on, <laughs> quit playing. You know what I'm saying? Luckily, I ain't had to do no sideline stuff or talk on TV, but I already if, know they'd be teasing. They'd be joking on me the whole time oh, anyway. Like, look did. at him trying to talk proper. Oh, no. If you did, you'd do it your way. Yeah, you for sure. Exactly. Like I'm never going to be the cleanest talking dude. It's, it's not me. You know what yeah. I mean? I can I can get better with trying to pr pronunciate, but you know I, I got to be myself because being myself is what got them to ask me to do that, yep. and being yourself is what got you in that position. So ain't no point in changing now. Yeah, no, it's too late. It's like it's like Giannis trying to get a jumper now. <laughs> I'm gonna end it on that, man. But uh, you know, thanks again, Chris. <laughs> Hey, hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick. Giannis, a little trivia. Giannis, you, you know his connection to Fresno, do you? Yes, I do. Okay. You know I, know, I know, uh, I know. I'm, I'm about to end the show and then we'll talk about it. All right, all right. All right, all right. All right. Uh, this has been a, a great episode of Growing Up the Same for me and Jason. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.